Hey guys, welcome to the Caffeinated Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Porchot, otherwise known as the Caffeinated Magician. This is where we talk about Jesus one cup of coffee at a time. Um, and I'm going to be having guests that probably don't necessarily drink coffee, but that's okay. I'll have to forgive them. A little bit of sarcasm there. Now, the topic that we're going to be talking about today and starting off these podcasts with is the gospel. What is the gospel? And my base text that I'm going to start off with is a very popular verse in the Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and it says this for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes for the jew first and also for the greek so essentially i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is god's power that he uses to bring people to faith in christ Jews are the first, or God's chosen people that he first came to with the good news of the gospel, and now it is extended to everybody else, hence that's what the Greek means. Now, before the gospel mean, comes from the Greek word evangelion, uh, which we get the word evangelism from, and it essentially means good news. But before the good news makes sense, first we must understand the bad news. And the bad news I want to propose as a very interesting statement. And uh, the bad news is this. The most terrifying news in the Bible, the most scary, horrendous news in the Bible is this. Is that God is good. Now you say, why is that bad news? Well, because we are not. And before the good news of the gospel can make sense, we must understand the bad news and that we are bad people and in deserving of hell. Now you say, oh, I don't deserve hell. I don't, you know, ascribe to that way you thought. So... I want to open up your eyes a little bit, hopefully, using scripture to help you to see why we deserve hell. um, And how we approach that from the Bible. You see, a lot of people would say that, oh, I'm a good person. But according to the Bible, according to scripture... And even if you look up the definition of good in the dictionary, one of the most popular definitions is moral excellence. And in the Bible, if you look at, um, let me see here. If you look at Romans chapter 3, verse 12, it says this. Actually, let's start off with, Verse 11, there is none good who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all, or they have together become unprofitable. Here's the key. There is none who does good, no, not one. 
And then it goes on in verse 13. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they practice deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Verse 14. And uh, let's read all the way to 18. The poison of asps is under their lips. 14. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction are in their misery. Are in their, I'm sorry, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So let's go back to the second half of verse twelve. There is none who does good, no, not one. God is good, and we are not, because. Bible 2, the definition of good is perfection, and we are not perfect. But not only are we not perfect, as it goes on here in Romans chapter 3, starting with verse 12, we are very ungodly and wicked people. Now, you might not see yourself as a bad person, but in order to open up our understanding of how bad we are, God gives us the Ten Commandments. He gave them to Moses to show, as the Bible says, to show our sinfulness. And we're going to go to the, through the commandments today, and we're going to be a little bit meticulous here, just to show how we've each broken them, and how we stand before God. The Ten Commandments is kind of like a mirror. When you go to the bathroom in the morning, the first thing that you do, well, hopefully the first thing that you do is, or one of the first things, is you look in the mirror to see how you look so you can fix yourself up so you look presentable throughout the day. You fix your hair, you wash your face, you make sure your eyebrows look nice if you're a woman. Just kidding. Well, you probably do that too. But essentially, you fix yourself up. And so... The Ten Commandments are kind of like that mirror. It shows us what we look like. and shows us our true condition before God. So let's go through some of those commandments. Actually, all ten of them. It starts in chapter in the book of Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, talking to the Egyptians, but this applies to everybody, out of the house of bondage. The first one, you shall have no other gods before me. My question before you is this, do you have any other gods besides for God that you prioritize above God or just in any God in general. And these gods don't necessarily have to be a spiritual God. Like the God of the sun or what have you. Um, this can be just anything that you make more important than the God of scripture. And you put over the God of scripture. Something that you devote all your time and energy to. Uh... Whether this be video games, whether it be movies, even books, your friends, your family, anything that you value so high in life that it becomes what you almost worship. Um, for, uh, the second one, you shall have no 
Oh, I'm the, that's the first one. The second one. You shall not make any... Or you shall not make for yourself a carved image, the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the, the, under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations, those who hate me, of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So essentially, the second commandment is not to make for yourself any carven image. Now, a carved image, again, does not, ha- it ties in with the first commandment. It doesn't have to be an actual image made out of stone or carved. It could be anything that you put above God and having an additional God. So you might claim to serve God and love Him, and Christians can't even be guilty of this, but instead of just having God as your God, you put other things on above him or with him that you that you take more seriously or that becomes more important than God himself. Just like I mentioned before, this can be video games, this can be your marriage, your wife, your children, your family. Um, it can be a hobby, whether it be fishing, whether it be Skiing, whether it be bowling, sports, anything. So if you've done two, these two first commandments, you'd be an idolater. And the reason why that's wrong is this. God made you. God made you. He deserves your total commitment and worship. The third one, the third commandment, verse 7 of chapter 20 of Exodus. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Have you ever used God's name as a curse word, such as OMG, right? Oh my God, and use that in such a way where it is a in place of a cuss word. Um... Or saying Jesus' name, Jesus Christ's name, as a cuss word. Think about it this way. Would you ever use your mom's name as a cuss word? Hopefully not. And the reason why hopefully not is because she's your mom. You honor her. You love her. And you shouldn't take use her name in that way. Yet we take the name of God, the God that created us and made us, and yet we check his name through the mud and use it as a curse word. We wouldn't even use Hitler's name as a curse word, yet we use God. And it's punishable by death and the husband. That's how seriously God takes honoring him and revering him. And if you've broken this commandment, you'd be a blasphemer. It's blasphemy. The fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do not no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, 
the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy or hallowed it. Now, essentially, do you have a day during the week where you rest? You just enjoy a day off. Now, I understand people have to work. Sometimes full time, and they have they have to work every day. But do you at least have a day during the week where after you go home from work, if you work every day, where you relax and you just enjoy the day off and you devote your time and devotion to God? And if you haven't, you'd be a violator of this commandment. And the reason why this is so important is because God worked for six days and on the seventh day he rested. And then so we should do the same. Verse uh, 12 of Exodus 20, this is the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which is the which the Lord your God has given you. Do you honor your parents? Or do you dishonor them? And maybe you say, well, I don't dishonor my parents anymore. Well, everything that you do is in the past. That sentence was in the past. And time doesn't forgive. You can murder somebody and be convicted of it years later. But it's still applicable. Because it's, it's sin. It's wrong. It's breaking the law. It's horrendous. And in the same way... Um, you can't say, oh, well, it's in the past, so therefore it doesn't matter. And let's all face it, when we were kids, we dishonored our parents. Uh, or at least my generation uh, has. I'm 30, so in that age gap, you know, we, we haven't fully honored them, and we've yelled, and we've cried, and we've whined against them. The next commandment, you shall not murder. Now you probably think, oh, well, I'm good there. I never done that. Okay, so I might have, I may have put all the guys before me. I might have been an idolater. Uh, I might have been a blasphemer. Um, I might have violated the Sabbath and not rested as God has rested. Um, I might have not honored my parents, but I definitely haven't mur murdered anybody. Well. If you turn with me, if you have a Bible on you, or you just let me read it to you, and you go to the book of Matthew, and you go to Matthew chapter 7. This is, Matthew chapter 7 is the starting point, or in the middle point, of the Sermon of the Mount that Jesus gave. When he was on this earth where he was expounding the law. Because the scribes and the Pharisees always said. Oh well I haven't. You know they were perfect. They kept the, the law to a T. If we think that we're good people. You know so and so. so uh, you know so called good people. We've done good things at least. Uh, you had nothing on the Pharisees and Sadducees. But yet. God expounded the law to them. And showed them. That it was even 
God even looked at the heart and not just the outward. And in Matthew chapter 7, uh, and I'm turning there as I'm talking. It's kind of hard to do because I have bookmarks and I'm not trying and I'm trying not to lose it and turn the pages. Very difficult. But if you look at Matthew chapter 7 and you go to... Hmm. Okay. Well, anyways, if you if you go to Matthew, I think it's six or seven. Jesus said, "You have heard that it was said of old in the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder.' But I say to you, whoever hates their brother is a murderer." And the reason for that, like I said, is that God looks at the heart. He doesn't just look at the outward appearance. So if you look at Matthew, I think it's 5, 6, or 7. You look in there, you'll find uh, Jesus expanding, expounding on that commandment. And the seventh one, and here's another heart one that Jesus expounded on, is you shall not commit adultery. You say, okay, well, I might have murdered somebody, at least in my heart, I might have gotten, you know, angry or hated somebody, but I've never committed adultery. Well, Jesus said, you have heard it said of old, talking about the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her in his heart. So my question is, are you a regular person? Are you human? Because every single human in the world, you were born... In sin, you were born with a sinful nature, and if you have red blood running through your your veins, you probably are guilty. I'm sure you're guilty of you know if you're of uh, your hormones kicked in, yeah, depending on how old you are, that you've broken this one that you've that you've looked with lust and uh, committed adultery in your heart. In other words, you had sexual thoughts uh, about somebody that you're not married to. And uh, the next one, you shall not steal. Well, people say, oh, I haven't stolen. But really, when you're a kid, you never stole anything from the store, like a stick of gum or maybe illegally, illegally downloaded music off the internet. Or anything like that. If you're honest with yourself, you probably have. Maybe not, but there's a good possibility. Um, the next one, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. In other words, don't lie, right? Don't testify wrongly about your neighbor. Don't lie to your neighbor. Who hasn't lied, right? We've all told lies, whether they're white lies or black lies or whatever color. We've all told lies. We're liars. And let me say something here. You say, oh, well, I've lied, but I'm not a liar. How many how many times do you have to do something before you're considered what you're doing? If you murder a person one time, you're a murderer. Therefore, if you lied one time, you are a liar. The tenth one, the last one. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servants, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. In other words, 
do not covet what somebody else's hat don't desire it because in so doing you're desiring something that God gave to some some one person and not you and you're not happy with what you have you're a coveter so if you violate all ten of these and if you're honest with yourself, we probably have to some degree. It'll be an idolater, a blasphemer, a, a Sabbath breaker. You'll be dishonorant to your parents. You'll be a murderer, a adulterer, or a fornicator at least if you've looked at lust, looked with lust, committed adultery in your heart. A thief, if you're stolen, a liar, and a coveter. That's how God sees you. We're not good. We've all broken God's laws. We're, we're sinners. And, he's, and because of this, since God is going to judge us one day when we die, as it says in the Bible, we all will face God's judgment when we pass on into the next life, right? There will be a judgment day. On that day, if you are not forgiven, and I'm going to show you the, the good news here in a minute of how you can be forgiven, and you might know what's coming. If you've not and you've broken these laws, which you probably have, if not all of them, a good majority of them, you deserve to pay the fine. You will be guilty and you deserve hell. Because we violated an eternal law, we deserve an eternal fine because we've violated God's holy law. But the good news is this. 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus came to this earth. The God-man, the second person of the Trinity... He took on human form, and he lived a perfect life that me and you could never live, and then died on the cross, not only being punished by man, but taking on the wrath of God. It says that God poured his cup upon him, and he took, he took in God's wrath. God poured his wrath upon his son. It says that it pleased the Lord to bruise his son. And the reason why it pleased not because God is sadistic, but that eternal life was made possible through this sacrifice. It's like this. Jesus broke our... We broke the... I'm sorry. We broke the law. But Jesus paid our fine. And the reason why he had to live a perfect life. Is that when we repent. When we turn from our sin. And turn to Jesus. And that repentance is not a perfection. It's a going in a different direction. Away and to. So, if Jesus is in one direction and sin is other, you must turn around to get to Jesus. Now, if we put our repent and put our faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross, His perfect life is accounted to our account, so God sees us as if we were perfect, and that's how we can receive forgiveness. Not only are we forgiven of all our sin, but we are seen as perfect as Christ was perfect. 
so that when we get to heaven, when we die, God sees perfection and he can let us into heaven. Because the reason why we can't go to heaven if we're sinners is because God is holy and righteous and just and he can't let sinners into his kingdom. He can't let sin into his kingdom. But if we've been forgiven and been made cleared and justified and right and stand in the right stand of God, God and God's Jesus is perfect, we can enter in. So that is the good news of the gospel. And I want to read um, another verse. Uh, since... I have it here in my mind. I'll, because it's an objection. A lot of people think, oh, well, you have to do something good to get to heaven. Well, first of all, here's the, here's the thing. Jesus was good for you. If we say we did something good, we would be earning heaven. And the Bible says that our righteousness, our good works, is just filthy rags before God. In other words, uh, in the Bible, when it says filthy rags, it's, it's talking about it's talking about dirty rags, uh, menstrual rags. That's how how sinful we are, or even our good works is before God. And also, if you read the verse Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, um, it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Listen to this. Not of works, so that no man, or lest anyone should boast, or so that no man may boast. If it was by you, you can boast on it. You can say that you did something to get into heaven. But if it is by faith, it is by Jesus alone, and he gets all the glory. Well, anyways, we will be further in our next podcast talking about uh, different ways that the gospel applies, uh, why we should use the law and evangelism like we did, uh, why, you know, the importance of evangelism, sharing the gospel, and all that. I hope you enjoy.